This week on Breaking Bullying, we're going to talk about what happens when the target of bullying becomes the bully. So we're going to hit that music and get started. My name is Tim and I'm here without Bruce again for the second week in a row. We took a small vacation and apparently he still wanted a vacation and he's not here today. I do have a very special guest named Jewel Alberg, who is the founder of the Bullying Recovery Resource Center out in Colorado. Drew, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Tim? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for stepping into Bruce's shoes. And our guest today is Tom Fabry. He is a founder and creator of Total Motion 360, an author, a speaker, and a helicopter pilot. How old were you when you first experienced bullying? And tell us your story. Well, you know, there's different forms of bullying, right? And, you know, I started experiencing it really in, I'll, I'll leave my parents out of it, okay? You know, that's, a, that's another form. But when I uh, attended school in a uh, Catholic school in the third grade, and I remember my parents getting a call uh, from one of the um, Sisters of St. Joseph, and I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, saying, hey, you know, we think there's something wrong with your son. He's smiling too much. He's too happy. There's something wrong with him. And so what happened with that was they, they medicated me. They medicated me. So that, that was the first form of bullying for me. But then it led into you know, you raise your hand in class and you're belittled if you if you say the wrong answer, right? And then, you know, you would get, we would get the beatings at school. We would get the beatings, you know, the beatings with the yardstick. And, you know, uh, I remember one time, and this is, this may seem like small stuff, but when you're a little kid, you're very influential, right? You know, from your parents, the teachers, society at large, you know, I believe, I believe that when we're born, we're created as geniuses. Uh, I wrote a paper. We were all supposed to write a paper, and this was in the fifth grade. And the paper was, you know, what, what you wanted to become, you know, when you grew older, when you grew up. And I wanted to be this adventurer. So I wrote this paper on being an adventurer. And the teacher started to read my paper in front of the class. And she read just the first couple of lines, and she's like, this is ridiculous. Get up here. What are you talking about? This is ridiculous. You can't, you can't do this. And it totally downgraded me, you know. But then as I got older, I went into high school. I was a skinny little kid, very shy, very shy. But that shyness started in grade school. But in high school, in the ninth grade, 120 pounds, very shy. I didn't want to go there, uh, but my parents wanted me to go to a Catholic school. And that's when the beatings started at school. They had hazings. And I remember my first day at school coming home on the bus. I was grabbed by the seniors and dragged up and down the bus, you know, in the middle aisle and beaten up and then thrown back into my seat. And that went on for the first couple of weeks of school. That's where, you know, that's where it all started. And it continued through ninth, 
10th and into the 11th grade. It just, it, it really shaped me. And, but things turned around after that, you know, in the 11th grade. But it was years and years of, you know, belittlement and downgrading, uh, verbal abuse. But then getting beat up at school was kind of like the last straw for me. Did, did the verbal abuse come from the teachers as well? Yes. I remember at one point, the, the pastor of the church, it was a Catholic church and the school associated with it. When it came time for report cards, he would come around to each class and he would take your report card and read it. He'd make you stand up in front of the class and he'd read your report card to the class. And so, and if you didn't do well, you know, it's like, it's total degradation. It's just really unbelievable. And I look back on it now, and I'm, that's why I'm really grateful to be on this podcast. Like somebody, I, I know, you know, people talk about bullying and I've, I've witnessed some, some horrible things, horrible things. It's a subject that is near and dear to my heart. You know, when my, I have a son who's a, He'll be 30 this year. And he was a high school athlete, varsity baseball, basketball, football. And I said, you know, here's an opportunity for you because he's in the in crowd to start championing people that you see that are being bullied, whether it's verbal or, you know, if you're not in the in crowd, you're out. Going back to me, that was the start, the start of it all. Grade school being downgraded by the the teachers and there was you know obviously you know we all have our parents <laughs> so that's that's a whole nother issue you know so in high school was it always the same group of kids yes yes i i remember going to my locker taking me and bashing my head into the lockers and just getting beat up and having my books thrown all over the hallway and you know, and that was like almost on a, a daily basis. I mean, obviously that affected uh, my grades, right? Because I just didn't want to be there. You don't want, you don't want to go. It affects everything. Yeah. It, it it does. It affects your relationships. Mental health, self-esteem. So, self-esteem. Thank you. All these things. And I remember I got beat up one time. It was after school and I went home and I was upset. I was crying, you know, and I had an older brother. Uh, I still have an older brother and he used to bully on me too. And my father was at the dinner table. He's like, I'm sick and tired of this bullshit. You take him, he's talking to my older brother. You take him, get him lifting weights, boxing, doing something. And I started lifting weights and that was that was okay and then I joined the wrestling team as a junior. I started to learn how to take care of myself physically. You know, not emotionally or or mentally or anything like that. That will come much later on, much later on. But what happened was in my senior year I had had enough. And that same kid, this kid Rick, he he started in on me and I'm like Let's go down to the gym. We're going to take this out. We're going we're going to, you know, I'm I'm done. So, 
We went down to the gym and about 50 people followed us down there. And I used my wrestling skills and the strength that I had built, built up weightlifting. And I took care of this kid, you know, and that was the end of that. And I was like, hmm, there's something there. <laughs> you know, there's something there. But also what happened was that's when I started because I didn't have self-esteem. I didn't have really self-confidence. And I started uh, drinking, right, as a senior in high school and drinking and then really started using the sort of the brute strength or whatever to I was getting in fights all the time, all the time fighting. Were you picking on like kids that were weaker than you or were you like targeting certain kids, do you think? or No, no. It was just uh, going out to clubs and just just drinking and started fighting that way. After my senior year, my father told me, he's like, uh, these are your choices. You can either move out, you can join the Navy, go to college or move out. So I went down to see a recruiter and I went and joined the Navy. Um, it continued. I really took off in, in the Navy. I was looking for adventure, but I was still, I was partying. I was weight training and I was, I was picking on people, looking for fights, looking for fights in bars. You know, to be honest with you, the Navy had enough of me after about three years and they asked me to leave. Through the Navy, you know, um, being totally honest with you guys, I was thrown in the brig multiple times, multiple times uh, for drugs and for just uh, raising hell, raising hell constantly. I was stationed on an aircraft carrier and we did cruises over the in the Mediterranean and the Caribbean. And I was constantly getting arrested for fighting. And, you know, I mean, I was one of the. I, th I think, in my mind, anyways, one of the toughest kids on, on the ship. But I was just, you know, constantly getting in trouble. One time I was thrown in the brig, and I remember one of the Marines pointing a shotgun in, in my face. And I'm like, you know, just do what you need to do, man, because I don't, I don't give a shit. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't care. Uh, you know, through all the bullying that I went through, I was retaliating against the world. I was angry at my parents. And my family, the school I went to. You discovered some power too, right? You were bigger and stronger and and there, there's a power differential now. You're not the weakest one. You're not being picked on. Yeah, and, and that's what I thought, you know. And I graduated high school with a blank diploma. And so I had to go back to uh, uh, summer school to to get a diploma and those types of things. So, I mean, I was like failing on every level, you know, but I didn't care. And I actually thought that I wasn't going to live past 21 because, you know, you know what I mean? You have these thoughts and I'm on this destructive path. I, I don't have a relationship with my parents. Um, not a loving relationship, right? And and that's what we're all seeking, right? We're seeking love or to be loved, you know, and, and everything starts with loving yourself first, right? And and I didn't accept it, you know, and I didn't love myself first. I, I did not. I remember I got thrown in the brig in Philadelphia um, and the Navy gave me an option 
to, hey, you can get out if you want to, because we're, we're done with you. We don't, <laughs> we don't need you. I took the out, but I had to do 90 days in the brig. And I did 90 days in the brig in Philadelphia. And, you know, being in, in the brig there really hardened me. It hardened me. I was part of a chain gang. You know, if you ever seen a chain gang on the side of the highway cleaning up, you know, and you're all chained up. I really learned to fight back and defend myself. I remember the commanding officer of the brig confronting me. He brought me into his office office, and he's like, you know, I know why you're here, you know, and we're not going to put up with any of your bullshit, you know. And all I wanted to do while I was in there was work out. I just, you know, to take my frustrations out, but I wasn't going to put up with any crap either. You know, I, I learned a lot in there, but I still didn't care. And then when I got out, it just continued and it, and it heightened even more. I, I don't know if I would call it bullying, but I was still fighting everybody. I was still fighting everybody. You became the bully when you joined the Navy. Is that correct? Or did that start in high school? Uh, I became, and as a senior, when I when I confronted, finally confronted that kid and challenged him to a duel. Actually, you know, to to fight him, you know, and I became the victor. And I was like, "Hmm, okay." I got a question for you. What did that feel like? It was amazing. Yeah. I felt so good. <laughs> So do you think you were looking for that feeling more and more? Maybe is that why? Um, I, you know, there was a lot of feelings going on with that because, you know, I love public speaking now. And back then I couldn't even like blurt out two words. I couldn't even talk to my parents, couldn't talk to girls. Couldn't, and the bullying being beaten up just like, you know, I, I had dreams and goals just like anybody else. And everything was just like squashed, right? I mean, I was doing, getting horrible grades in school. Didn't want to be there. Didn't want to go there. And just kind of uh, becoming this inverted, scared, young, trying to become a man. And I had nowhere to turn. Couldn't, couldn't talk to my parents, couldn't talk to the teachers. But, you know, so you look, you find your own peers. And I, my, my own peers were kids that were, were out there fighting, you know, and drinking and partying. And so there's an acceptance there. And I felt pretty good there. But there, there was definitely a few things that were missing. But you don't know what you don't know. I was a happy little kid. When I was a young kid, I was very happy as a little kid. And then the beating started at home. And then, you know, I was put on medication, you know, because I was too happy. And, you know, and things just started to just go downhill from there. And I'm like, you know, um, what's what's happening? Just what's happening? You know, I mean, my folks didn't even... I played baseball as a little kid, but nobody came to watch me. My parents never came to watch me play ball. Never. But I think you hit it right on the head at the very beginning of this. You talked about being a champion, right? So that's what you try to do in your life today. But you had no champions. Yeah, these days I I have lots of champions and of course. and 
Um, I love championing. I always tell people. But as a child, you didn't have that. You did not have someone in your corner helping you out. You didn't have that friend, your mom, you know, whoever, big brother. Yeah. And so, you know, um, a big part of it, what I learned, and and I will tell you this, um, you know, I ended up going through three divorces, three divorces, because what I learned was I didn't know how to love, you know, I didn't know how to love myself. Um, I didn't know how to love others. And so you're out there looking for acceptance, right? You're out there looking for, and it just, you know, those first, I say first 28, 29, 30 years of my life, I'm very fortunate that I turned it around. I'm very fortunate, I think. What made you stop being a bully? Um, Self-love started to really... Uh, caring for myself, right? Uh, you can't love others unless you love yourself. How do you learn to self-love yourself? Um, my mentors were books. My mentors were books. Taking care of myself physically, really taking care of myself physically. Eating right, training, want, just wanting to be better. And when people were coming up to me and asking for advice, and that was happening, that started to happen. So I knew I was on the right path. I need to start educating myself as well. Not from really, you know, a book sense, but emotionally, spiritually, and speaking my truth, right? Speaking my truth. And so, you know, I had to be totally honest with with individuals when I was talking with them. And that meant being vulnerable. And I think when you're vulnerable to others, they start opening up to you. And and really the message is you can turn your life around, even if you've been bullied. And you know, I it it really shaped who I become. You know, the bullying has shaped me, the divorces, I've been bankrupt, I've been homeless. You know, I lived in my car, you know, and I think that all started from, you know, a low self-esteem. And I tell people this to this day, what saved my life was aviation because I got a, I got a menial job, $12 an hour at a flight operation, Cigna and Aetna insurance companies. Maybe you've heard of them. Uh, well, they they had their own flight department, and I got a job cleaning the floors and the hangar and all that. And I'm like, um, I'm looking around, and I'm seeing all these pilots, these corporate flying corporate jets and helicopters. And I'm like, I would love to do that. And even though I saw aviation while I was in the Navy, you know, nothing really clicked with me. At this point, I was 28 years old, and I I wanted to change. Uh, just because I saw something that I was gravitating towards aviation, potentially becoming a pilot, I went and asked the director of operations, hey, what would it take for me to become a pilot, to fly that helicopter, that Sikorsky helicopter? And the director of operations, he was like, well, um, how old are you, Tom? I said, well, I'm 28. He's like, well, you're probably too old to you know, to start, but where did you go to college? 
And I said, I didn't. And he said, well, he told me to forget about it. <laughs> so, you know, more, maybe more bullying. I don't know. Instead of encouragement. I don't know if that's bullying. He's just, you know, it's not the norm, right? It, it's not the norm, but. You're looking for college grads, maybe a little younger. So. Yeah. But these days I would never tell anybody to, you know, I would, I would never say that, but. No. Um, Things had changed in my life and I was looking to just over time, you know, just looking to to better myself. And somebody came into my life, a, a young kid about my age. We started working out together. He was a new pilot there. And he's like, oh, don't listen to that guy. You know, this is this is the path that I took. And so, you know, I became a helicopter pilot, moved to New York. Then I went on to the airlines. I became a captain at a major airline. I'm flying jets and helicopters. And then things started to progress. You know, I think from the from the age of from a very young age, uh, the bullying um, shaped who I became. And then I had to find mentors and people to look up to to change my life. But I see that that's not always the case. And so now these days, you know, I encourage and I champion people and just like my son. But I, you know, it's it's one of these things that I know some people that have committed suicide because of bullying, you know. And it's just this horrific thing. And there's why does it happen? You know, I think that's the way we're raised. I think we're we're born as geniuses and then we're educated right out of our genius. I mean, I will tell you what I've, I've, I've been, you know, studying this for quite a while. Bullying is a learned behavior. So, you know, children who possibly come to school, something else has happened in a different part of their life that makes them choose that behavior. And I don't like to call them bullies. I like to, you know... I don't like to label them that way because I, just like you, they have an opportunity to turn things around too. So I don't want to stick that label that you're a bully, but you're participating in bullying behavior. And, and chances are there's something going on in that young person's life. That's, that's pretty stressful and hard. I, I agree with you. You know, there's, there's a fear. What I found out, you know, there's a fear that's associated with it because typically people when you're when they're bullying somebody else, somebody that's maybe handicapped or or smaller or not, you know, there's always an imbalance of power, always, always an imbalance of power. There's usually a group of people that's, you know, associated with it. And and the bullies are coming from a, a place of, you know, they're inadequate. They have these fears and they have all, they have problems and they're, you know, trying to, uh, I guess, make up for those inadequacies, you know, and that's what I was trying to do. And as for us, you can always find us at our very own website, which is www.breakingbullying.com. You can also reach out to us at our email address if you have a story of your own bullying to share or for whatever reason you want to get a hold of us. Our email address is breakbullyinghere at gmail.com. Now, if you are a victim of bullying and you don't know where to turn, there are online resources to help you. The first is the government's very own anti-bullying website, and the address is www.stopbullying.com.
www.pacer.gov. Another online resource is www.pacer.org backslash bullying. Now, if you've had thoughts of suicide or of self-harm, we implore you, stop. Reach out to the National Suicide Hotline. That number is very simple. It's 988. I'm the missing Bruce Naxon. For Tim Flynn, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week to continue the conversation to break the silence on bullying.